Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. For the last several weeks we've been talking through uh, a single book, First Thessalonians, which is one of, if not the oldest books in the New Testament portion of the Bible. It's a letter uh, written intimately from Paul, who founded a community of faith in a very short period of time, writing about how to maintain a faithful life in the midst of significant hardship, even significant trauma, and experiencing uh, unexpected death, partially related to that faith and partially just related to the course of life. And so Paul offers some encouragement, he offers some hope, and most of all, he offers a little bit of guidance into how we're meant to live and what it is that we're living for. If we were going to put a, like, if we were going to say exactly what I think Paul was trying to convey in this letter, it would be very simple. Learn to live from your faith. Let your faith dictate the way that you interact with the world. Let your faith dictate your interactions with friends and family members and even strangers. If we learn how to do that, embody our faith first and live in a way that's um, guided by that and obsessed with that, we'll be okay. Um, And we'll have the stamina to be able to endure through it, not because of any strength that we have, but because of God's strength in us. It's a gift and it is significant. Um, And that really is the thesis of that letter to the Thessalonians, the first letter that we have to the Thessalonians, that there there are good things in store for those of us who are able to put our trust in the presence of God and lean into the grace poured out by God, learning how to orient our lives through that same lens. And so um, we've, been, we've been having Bible studies on Tuesday at noon and Tuesday in the evening, and we'll be offering some new small groups to start in Lent next week. And so I hope that you'll be aware of those because we'll be exploring all sorts of wonderful things uh, together. Uh, we'll be exploring our inner life and looking at the the Enneagram. We'll be exploring uh, the way that we carry biases as individuals, but also as a culture through a podcast study that Tyler will be leading. And we'll be continuing to do the work that we're called to, to dismantle racism in our lives and in our communities by doing a study that I'll be leading that uh, through a a program that the General Commission on Race and Religion uh, has put together. So We'll be, we'll be exploring that together. So if you have time in the evenings on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, I hope that you will join because this work isn't over. And that really, at the end of the day, is how Paul ends his letter in the fifth chapter, which is what we heard read just a few moments ago. Paul outlines what it means to live expectantly for Christ's return. He talks about what it means uh, to be, uh, he says, to, say, to stay sober. He says to um, remain aware. He even says to stay awake in the middle of the night even because Christ is coming at the dawn. 
And now, I don't think that Paul is actually saying that we need to stay awake up all night. Uh, at least I hope not. I've never been good at trying to pull all-nighters, and I am never a good person uh, the day after trying to stay up all night. What I think he is trying to say is he's trying to put the kingdom of God in contrast with the experience of kingdoms and nations that these people in Thessalonica would have been used to. In fact, he even quotes a uh, sort of Roman phrase that there's peace and, um, and joy in the land, right? And he, he says uh, to, to actually quote it. Um, he says, there is, when they are saying there is peace and security, at that time sudden destruction will attack them like labor pains start with a pregnant woman. And then he starts describing the kingdom of God coming in. Now that, that phrase is something that the Roman, uh, Romans would have used. That's something that uh, the em emperor and the army would have maintained, that sense of peace and justice, often maintained through the use of a sword and through violence. And so the idea of peace and justice uh, under Roman occupation or even living peaceably within the Roman Empire is built essentially on a fundamental mistruth that peace can be maintained through violence. So Paul throws that all out the window and says that, you know, when they say there is peace and justice in the land, that's when everything comes crashing down. He's talking about how the kingdom of God, uh, led by, guided by, embodied by the person Jesus, King Jesus, uh, that is in direct opposition to um, the empire of Rome. And so for us, you know, we're called to that same sense of awareness. How is it that our um, small sense of us versus them keeps us from being, really being able to uh, anticipate the kingdom of God where all people are beloved children and where righteousness and goodness and love and mercy actually do reign. Will we actually enjoy that? You know, those are questions that we have to ask ourselves because many of us like the positions that we have of authority over others. Um, we like having some sense of strength. We like having some sense of authority. We like having some knowledge of a hierarchy that makes us feel uh, loved. But when the kingdom of God comes, everything will be leveled. There won't be the same kind of hierarchy. There won't be any sense of us versus them. It's a universal invitation for all of the people to live according to the love of God. And now that that is, and I hope you hear it, as a gracious invitation that you are good enough. You are uh, just as you are. God loves you and God wants you to be a part of this story. And God is calling out to you because of who you are. You are uniquely situated to bring new life into the world. And that is a gift for you to carry. Uh, I hope you hear that. It's a gracious, gracious message that it is. The other side of that exact same coin is that you also, we all also have an obligation to live in such a way that embodies that identity. It's always about a gracious call and then a 
a response from us. It's never just about the work that God's doing in the world, and it is certainly never just about the work that we're doing. It's about our, it's about our willingness to follow where Christ leads, to follow where God leads. And when we're willing, when, we're, when we start taking those faithful steps, God will empower us to do more and more and more, to be transformed more and more, and to be a transformation more and more and more. Uh, but if we try to do it alone, or if we just rely on um, the grace of God to carry us through, then we start to uh, miss the mark because it's always about a call and response. It's God's call in our life and then our faithful response to that call. It's always that way. And so when Paul's writing to this community in Thessalonica, he's holding that in mind. You know, he offers affirmations for the ways that they're loving one another and living with genuine hope in the world and anticipating the good things that God will do in the world. Uh, and then he's also giving them instruction on how to be even more uh, even more faithful, even more righteous, even more sanctified, which is a big word for holy, even, even more committed to the work that, that God is doing through the world and through, uh, through each and every one of us. And so that call and response is a constant reality, and that's where Paul starts to talk about um, what we call an, an apocalyptic vision. And again, that's another big theology word. Uh, apocalypse. Um, a lot of us can start thinking about, you know, like rapture stories and things like that. That's not what Paul's talking about. When Paul talks about a second coming of Christ, he's joining in a long line, and really Daniel, if you wanted to read a good book that's crazy and weird and uh, apocalyptic, read the, the, the book of Daniel and the, the Hebrew scriptures. It's weird and mysterious and it's all over the place but the fundamental idea is that the experience of suffering that the people of faith are experiencing is a temporary experience that will be transformed by the the love of god and in order to be able to live into that fulfilled vision we simply need to put our trust in god and align our lives around that vision and when we're able to do that we stay sober, we stay awake, we're aware of the presence of God, we're aware of God's call on the lives of the faithful, and we're willing to both be transformed and uh, work alongside God for the transformation of the world. That's all wrapped up together in this idea of an apocalyptic vision where the kingdom of God will come on the earth like a woman going into labor. It'll be painful, it'll be uh, intense, and then uh, at the end there will be new life born for all of us. Those who are alive now, those who have died, those who are still yet to be alive will be brought into this world through a gift of genuine love found through Christ in God. And that is the good news today. The good news is that the kingdom of God is coming, whether we are ready for it or not. And the challenge is for us to intentionally open our eyes to its presence. That's why I love coming here. Every time I come to this nature preserve, I am reminded of the full presence of God. I'm reminded of the creative power of God. I'm reminded of the, 
the, the Spirit's capacity to enliven creation. Even now, there are little shoots starting to come up in the ground that reminding me that spring is on the way, that new life is coming, that darkness is beginning to recede into the distance, and on the horizon, new life is coming. These seasons teach us that, and Paul's letter teaches us that. There is light coming on the horizon, and we need to learn to keep our eyes on it, trusting that the light is coming. And when we can't trust that the light is coming, that's when it's even more important to commit ourselves in community and in the presence of God so that the community can hold us when we need to be held and the presence of God can hold us when we need to be held. And we would know that we are never, ever alone in this journey. You are a beloved child and I hope that you can see the light dawning. It is coming. It is currently washing me out. <laughs> the sun is so bright and I love it. Uh, and I am so grateful for y'all. And I'm grateful to be stepping into the season of Lent with you. Again, be looking for small group opportunities. They are starting this week. So um, please do uh, come and, um, or not this week, they'll be starting next week. So please do. Uh, sign up for one of those, join us for one of those uh, as we all seek to be transformed by the presence of God over the next 40 days. Um, I'm grateful for y'all. We will have another worship service on Wednesday too, so um, join us as we celebrate uh, the burning of fires and the way that that reminds us of God's presence in our lives. There's a lot to learn there, so I hope you'll join online. You can find it right here on YouTube, on Facebook, wherever you are. Uh, I hope that you'll tune in. Anyway, uh, Crystal has another beautiful testimony for us this morning, and so I invite you to turn your attention uh, to her as we learn about her life and the way that God has been made known to her. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.